0: ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Triple C and Schmo Show. This is episode number five. I'm the Schmo. My co-host has an Olympic gold medal. He's the champ champ and future Hall of Famer, Henry the Messenger Cejudo. Let's go Schmo, let's get this ball rolling. Yes, we shall. We just wrapped up a great UFC fight night. Marvin Vittori beats Paulo Costa at 205 points. And this week, we bring the UFC to Abu Dhabi, UFC 267, and that leads to our gold medal moment. Which title fight are you most excited for? Jan Blachowicz against Glover Teixeira or Pewter against Corey Sandhagen?
1: Well, you know I'm going to have to go to Murderer's Row and go with none other than the ways, Peter the Ugly Potato Jan, and Corey Sanhagen. I mean, these are two guys that are extremely technical. They are both dangerous on their feet. And I do believe, Schmo, that this fight with Peter Young versus Corey is a lot better than Peter Young versus TJ. The only reason why is because you're going to nullify the wrestling, the stuff that TJ is going to bring. And it's going to end up right here on its feet, I believe Corey setting has a blitz, and I believe he's a lot more dangerous than TJ is. And considering Peter Jan striking and his ability to maybe even surprise him with some takedowns, it's going to be an interesting fight. But for that reason, I'm going to have to go with none other than the bantamweights, Peter Jan and Corey Sanhagen.
0: Oh, how predictable. Of course you were going to choose the bantamweights. The Schmo will say this. It is the deepest division right now in the UFC. And you answered the Schmo's question we were going to pose to you. You would rather see Corey Sanhagen than TJ Dillashaw against Pewter Yan in this championship fight, or I guess it's an interim championship fight.
1: Yeah, of course, of course. And I, th- I think TJ's probably going to get the next... or TJ might have to get another fight before he fights uh, for the belt again because he just went through surgery. You know, you have you have uh, Al, Jermaine, Al Jelaine Sterling coming back, and I believe that's the next fight that's going to be made. It's not going to change, so it's, it might be a minute. So we might see... TJ Dillashaw versus uh, versus maybe the winner of Frank Yeager, uh, Pedro Munoz, possibly. I'm not sure what how it's going to end up, but he's going to have to get one more fight and then he's going to fight. So we're looking at maybe even a year away from these, these two guys finally meeting up.
0: Well, what about this? Because Aljamain Sterling's obviously been recovering from surgery. TJ Dillashaw recovering from surgery. Why don't we have that title fight of Aljamain Sterling, TJ Dillashaw, and then the winner unifies against the winner of Sanhagen, Pewter Jan. How about that, Triple C?
1: Uh, yeah, but that's not the way it works, I, not I, like I it. What if I we would... like it? <laughs> I would love a tournament format. I think that would be the absolute best. Just have everybody go out there and just kill each other. Sort of what Bellator is doing, what they did with the Featherweight division with uh, Patricia Pitbull and A.J. McKee. I think that's brilliant. Well, the Schmo likes that. But for the reasons that you just said, you know,
0: these two guys are great strikers. We're going to see a great standing battle with Peter Jan and Corey Sangenhagen. We're going to get a complete mixed martial arts fight with Glover Teixeira versus Jan Bohovic Both these guys are up there in age. Jan Bohovic is what, 37, 38? Glover's Teixeira, five-fight winning streak. He's earned every single inch in the octagon to get to this point, man. And he's 41 years young. What he did against Anthony Leinhardt-Smith in Jacksonville, what he survived in that first round, came back to win the fight. Glover to Sheriff, man. He showed the cardio. He showed the durability. We'd love to see this, man. We'd love to see these old champions at the older ages. We saw this with Randy Couture in the heavyweight division, man. The Schmo's most excited for this fight. Plus, we're going to get a complete mixed martial arts fight. We're going to see a great striking match. We'll see a great ground game, great grappling, complete fight, 205 pound division. The Schmo's excited. And one more thing Yeri Projaka, who the Schmo thinks is going to be the future champ yes. in this division. He's going to be an alternate. He's there in Fight Island. He's going to be weighing in,
1: and it's exciting, Schmo, because Glover share, he is that dark horse. He is that sleeping giant. I think he has a style. He has the mixing. His standup is okay, but he also knows that his ability is with the wrestling takedowns and then the and then the submissions up top. So I believe if somebody if if uh, Blahovich sleeps on him, he's gonna. He's going to be having a little night call himself that night. And I love the fact that Yuri's going to be there. He's going to be the, you know, the substitute fighter in case anything happens. Because this guy, we don't know that much about him. He's not really engaging that much on social media. But I tell you what, schmo. He, this man could fight from flying knees to elbows to real unpredictable. He's like the he's like the Pernell Whitaker of MMA, just extremely awkward and weird. But he gets the job done, and he knows how to win. It's extremely exciting at the light heavyweight division. Ever since John Jones left, there's been you blood, and it's exciting to see if you'll ever come back to that division again. Yeri
0: Prozhaka, such an exciting fighter. He's like a modern-day samurai. The guy goes out into the woods. He's hidden trees. He's meditating. We love that. We also want to say this regarding the champ, Jan Blachowicz. Can't sleep on this guy, man. That Polish power, it's no joke. And his stock definitely elevated by beating Israel Adesanya. I know Adesanya moved up a weight class, but it... His loss took away a little level of that invincibility, and plus you got to love his story too. He wears this this necklace from a man who he a dead man he found hanging in a tree on a rope. He took a piece of that rope and he wears it around his good luck. The schmo touched it too after his most recent victory against Izzy. Man, that's that's a great story in itself. A good luck charm. (laughs) The guy's great, great personality. We love the fight for that reason, not just that reason, but it adds to
1: it. Jesus, that's kind of hard, man. but I mean, whatever allows it, whatever makes him, I just got the chills, honestly, when you just said that, but whatever makes him succeed, it's all good with Triple C.
0: Hey, it's not like a Logan Paul thing where he filmed a dead guy in the woods. No, no, there's no filming of it. He just took it. It's an omen, a good luck charm, whatever you want to call it. And with that said, let's move on to this week's silver medal moment. Let's talk about an OG in the sport. Your favorite fighter's favorite fighter. Nate Diaz, man. It's no secret now that he's got one fight left on his UFC contract. Last week, he tweeted out an image of Tony Ferguson. This past weekend, the schmoes at the UFC Apex for the fight night. Dana White addresses this man in his post-fight press conference, shutting down the potential fight of Tony Ferguson and Nate Diaz. So with that said, who do you want Nate Diaz to fight next for this last fight in the contract? And what do you see for his future?
1: This is the thing, Schmoes. You cannot always take Dana White's word. I say Nate Diaz continues to step on Tony Ferguson's toes because you're right. If this is gonna be an OG, OG the Gilmore OG fight, I believe. I believe it's a really good fight for Nate Diaz because, as we've seen it in the past. Tony Ferguson has slowed down, and these are things that we have to recognize. And remember, the UFC, it is not a mixed martial arts company. It is a marketing company. It is a promoter's dream fight, and I believe Nate Diaz should continue. I love that fight with Tony Ferguson. Dana White, please say yes.
0: Well, the schmo loves that fight with Tony Ferguson, but let's give some other scenarios out of the way obviously Nate Diaz likes to fight fighters that he has mad respect for. That's why he's calling out Vicente Luque. It seems like that's going on deaf ears, and that's not going to be the fight. Nate Diaz went up to the Schmo at the Tyson Fury Wilder 3 fight, and he told the Schmo he loves Dan Hooker. And because he told the Schmo he loves Dan Hooker, we can see him wanting to fight a Dan Hooker, especially if he's able to beat Islam Makachev this week at UFC 267. He's got all the stock there. Now let's bring up another name. Conor McGregor. Everybody wants to see the trilogy. No one knows where he's at in the recovery. If you're going to bring up Conor McGregor's name, though, the schmoo would rather see Conor McGregor fight Tony Ferguson before he fought Nate Diaz in the trilogy because we don't want to lose out on a fight with Tony Ferguson and Conor McGregor. That fight has been in the making for years, and the Tony Ferguson, sorry, and the Nate Diaz-Conor McGregor trilogy will always be there. So... Listen, I don't think it really matters as much for the name for who Nate Diaz fights as long as we can see him fight before the end of the year. And why does the schmo say that? Here's why. Maybe, just maybe, if Jake Paul beats Tommy Fury in the boxing match and then Nate Diaz finishes out his contract, we can see Nate Diaz boxing Jake Paul sometime in the spring of 2022.
1: Yeah, of course, and you're absolutely right. And I'm actually excited for it, Yeah, I, I don't think you should re-sign. I think there's a lot of money to be made outside of the UFC as we're watching now. I mean, these guys are making millions off of one fight. This is, this this. I believe that this is where fighting is heading, uh, Shmo. So if I was to give Nate Diaz an advice, man, take whomever it is that the UFC is going to give you, fight your contract out. Hopefully, Jake Paul beats Tommy Fury, and you fight that Jake Paul you beat him up and you make a cash watt full of money. Let me tell you.
0: If Jake Paul beats Tommy Fury, I believe his name has to be changed to Tommy fumbles. The schmo hasn't seen the contract yet, but sources out there say that somewhere in the contract, if he loses, he has to legally change his name to Tommy fumbles. That will be interesting. (laughs) And also on the note, of fighting out your contract. Sugar Sean O'Malley is not fighting top 15 opponents in Bantamweight until he gets a new contract. He stated that, I believe, on his Bro Malley podcast on his show with his brother. So listen, man, this could be the new wave for UFC fighters. Hey, let me fight the fights I want, get paid the way I want to get paid. Otherwise, I don't want to take those fights. The risk-reward situation, it's being weighted out here. It's an interesting thing to see.
1: Yeah, of course, because remember, keep in mind, Shano Salty is friends... With none other than that dirtbag Jake Paul. And he knows how much money Jake Paul is making. So for that reason, I think the light bulb started to go up. You know, It's not about fame if you really think about it. You get to a certain level. It's just like Shmo. You get to a certain level. When you accomplish everything, you've gone through the high of the public, of people getting to know who you are. But in reality, what you really want, especially if you have a family, is you want that d that cash guap. And I believe that that is where Sean O'Malley is probably Heading as well, along with Nate Diaz. And speaking of Nate Diaz, we're going to go from an OG of the sport
0: and transition to the future in our bronze medal moment. They're both fighting this weekend in Abu Dhabi, UFC 267. Hamzat Chimaev and Islam Makachev. Obviously, different opponents, obviously, different weight classes, but Triple C. Who do you believe has the brighter future? And let's spin it this: Who do you believe, if you believe this, will hold a gold strap first? Islam Makachev or Hamza Chimaev?
1: Ooh, that is a really good question because I believe they could be—they could both have—they both have the potential to become champions. The only problem is—is. Is, I believe it's probably going to be Chimayev. and the, re- the only reason why I say Islam is because he is ranked a lot higher than Chimaev, And I believe nobody wants to fight Chimaev. I mean, Chemayev's a guy that could potentially become a two-division champ. I mean, I've seen this guy fight. I know his ability. He trusts in the wrestling. Anybody that ever prays the wrestling, be aware of people like that. But I think the person that's to get there first is probably going to be Israel. But I believe the one that's going to become more accomplished than any other Russian I do believe it is going to be Chemayev.
0: So Islam, it seems to have the quicker path on paper, shall we say, just based off of the history, most recently fighting. Chemayev came on Storm 2020. I think he had two fights, two impressive victories. In 10 days, and obviously he had the COVID situation, he's been out for a long time. But he's getting thrown right back in the fire. His opponent, Lee J. Leong, the leech, he's the number 11th ranked welterweight. And that man (laughs) is impressive. It's not going to be a slouch fight. This is going to be a fight where he can just take his rankings or even be a top 10 fighter. And Chimaev, if he gets through the leech, and obviously Dan Hooker is ranked number six for Islam. I mean, it's not really much of a differential with RDA, who his original opponent was. Both these guys, if they get a victory, you can argue, are one more fight away for fighting for a title. It's neck and neck for both these men. I just think the pathway is more clear for Islam to get there than it is for Chimaev, just because of what you said earlier, too. It seems like it was harder, at least when he was active, to get people to sign on the dotted line. It's harder to get these welterweights to fight than these lightweights for some reason. The Shimo notices that.
1: Yeah, of course, dude. But like I said, man, Shimaev is so dangerous. I believe he has a style to beat anybody in two divisions. You know, obviously, I'm not even sure. I'm not even, I'm not even that how sure it is that the Nigerian never wants to be in the sport for that long. I mean, that, that dude has done circles around the whole block, I think he—it's time for him to go up, or I mean, he has the ability to say goodbye to the sport, you know. But his toughest matchup for both of them is going to be Chimaev, and Chimaev is extremely dangerous. I believe Chimaev has a style because of the wrestling to even go up a weight class and beat an Sanya. and I just believe is uh, uh, Isla Makachev—he's he's just another version of Khabib. If he cannot stop the wrestling, if he cannot stop that Frank train. You are in trouble. We've seen it. Doesn't matter how good of a striker you are. Doesn't matter how good your submissions are. When you get a wrestler that can just pressure you and grind you out, which is a whole other art, you are in trouble. But I'm not to say that they're both pending world champs that are in the making. And Islam does have his loss. He was knocked out
0: in the first round in a second UFC fight. So that level of invincibility is not there. And the chin's been touched. We've seen it before. Just want to say that. But of course you were also going to go with (laughs) Jemayev. Because he's someone who's teased at retirement and come back. Sound familiar, Triple C? Somewhat familiar?
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Okay. Just wanted to say that. And with that said, now it's time to get into some predictions. Let's look through the lens of the glasses for this fight card. For USC 267. And let's start with the card that's on the prelims that the Schmo's very excited for. Amanda Hibas against Verna Genzunoba. The Schmo definitely botched that last name. We gotta try to say that last name again.
1: Janji Roba.
0: Janji Roba. She's fighting against Amanda Hibas. Who do you like and why?
1: I'm gonna I'm just gonna have to go with Amanda Hibas. I just I've seen them both fight. And as you see, Amanda Hebas has fought a Mackenzie Dern, and she has beaten Mackenzie Dern. So she's beat people in the highest levels of jiu-jitsu. So for that reason, I'm going to have to go with Amanda Hibas. And that's interesting because the
0: two losses and Verna's record is against Carla Esparza, who's the first champion in the strawweight yeah. division. Obviously, she's got the wrestling background. And Mackenzie Dern, who you can make an argument, has got the strongest BJJ in that division. Amanda Hebas, she's coming off. A pretty big substantial loss against a girl who's extremely impressive against Marina Rodriguez, who we just saw beat Mackenzie Dern and had Amanda Hibas win against that fight. She'd have all the thunder. We'd be talking about her entitled contention. So let's see how Amanda Hibas rebounds and the schmo thinks with all the time she's had off since that fight in Fight Island and everything of that nature. It's time for her to get back in track. And we do like Amanda Hibas winning that fight. Who do you like on the main card? We're going to the light heavyweight division. Magomed Ankalev against Volkan Ozdemir.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to go. Another than the guy that comes from the good school. And that is Ankalev. I mean, this guy has one loss. I mean, he's literally, he's 15-1 for crying out loud, Schmo. And I believe Volkan has just been in too many wars. For that reason, I'm going Ankalev. The Shmo's going to agree with you man Six fight winning
0: streak He beat Ayan Kutilaba twice Those were entertaining And the Schmo's just going to say this We can see Ankalev fighting for a gold strap Within the next year, year and a half He's that damn good The Shmo's wants to say that Now let's go on We kind of touched on it Let's talk about the leech
1: against Hamzat Chemaev Obviously you already told the Shmo You're picking Chemayev, are you? I am, dude. You can't. I mean, the, the wrestling's too much. I can see that. I can see this being a bloody bath. And if you know, if the Chinese fighter doesn't get his wrestling a par, I mean, it's just too much. I mean, you're gonna see a ground and pound mess. And for that reason, I'm going Chimaev. The leech is well rounded. He's got that nickname for a reason.
0: But the schmo's gonna agree with you on this. We don't want to agree with you on everything, but Chemayev, man, there. It seems like all the cards are going right to his way. He's got all the right time. The guy trains with killers. He is a killer from what we've seen. The Schmo believes it's his time. Now let's go on. Let's look at this card. Let's move on to Alexander Volkov against Marcin Tabora in the heavyweight division. The Schmo is going to predict first just so we see what you have to say. We're going to go with Marcin Tabora. I know MMA math is different. Alexander Volkov and Marcin Tabor, they have fought Greg Hardy. We're not going to say this. What Marcin Tabor did to Greg Hardy, a lot more impressive than what Volkov did. Because Greg Hardy, his most impressive fight, you can argue, was going the distance in Moscow against Volkov. Volkov's been through some wars. Heavy, heavy kicker, man. But, man, the Polish hammer and Tabor, man, those heavy fists are going to be too much. He's going to close the distance. We got Tabor winning that fight.
1: I'm going to have to agree with you. I think Taborov has, I think he has nastier power. And I do believe, man, with all due respect to Volkov, he's been knocked out. And he's been knocked out in a very vicious way. When you get knocked out like that, you do tend to change as a fighter. So for that reason, I'm going to have to agree with you and go Taborov. Now we're going to give you some rapid fire. Dan Hooker, Islam Makachev, New Zealand wrestling against Dagestan's (laughs) wrestling. Oh, are you serious, Schmo? Are you serious? You cannot. Dagestan has the best wrestler in the world. As, I, as much as I hate to admit it, the U.S. is number two to that little part of the damn world, which is the size of maybe, not even the size of Cuba, but these guys are just amazing. It's a cultural thing, and he's going he's, he's gonna to put the wrestling on, and it's going to be a long night for Dan Hooker. So for that reason, I'm going Islam. Would you feel any different if Dan Hooker had a full training camp? Uh no, not really. I believe if you sign up for a fight, it doesn't matter. If you had two weeks, two days, two hours, if you sign up, you better sign up to win. And your mind your mindset better be in there. Remember some of the times that I've competed the best mo is when I've actually felt like crap. So again, he's gonna have to step it up and he's gonna have to make decision on uh, how is it that he wants to win this fight. And then obviously you mentioned that Pewter Jan was going to beat Corey Sanhagen. How is he gonna beat him, you think? I think through pressure. I think through pressure, and I, th- I believe there's one thing that Peter Young does too well, and his his relent his relentless pressure. I mean, he's throwing knees, elbows. He can defend takedowns, but I believe he's going to make that fight dirty because TJ Ipo Shaw showed the recipe on how to beat Corey Sandhagen. I used to think Corey Sandhagen could be my toughest matchup until I saw the what the pressure could do. Kudos to TJ. He did a great job against that fight. But for that reason, I'm going Peter the Ugly Potato Yawn.
0: And Aljamain Sterling did get that neck in 88 seconds when he beat Corey Sandhagen, just saying. And obviously then you got Glover to share. You got Jan Blachowicz and let the Schmo just start by saying this because we touched that rope that we alluded to earlier in the show. We have to ride with that hot hand of the Polish power. The Schmo is taking Jan Blachowicz. We feel like those hands are
1: going to connect. And you might be right, but if they don't connect, I believe the further this fight goes on, it's only going to gear towards none other than Glover Teixeira. His grappling, his wrestling, his submission game is second to none. Don't sleep on him either. We love Glover Teixeira. We won't be surprised. Finally,
0: we disagree. So now let's move on to this week's top schmomin. And it goes to none other than Marvin, the Italian Dream Vittori. Man, he is the man for stepping up and going up to 205. Hey, I'll fight Paulo Costa at any weight. 195, 205, doesn't matter. And obviously Boracina was the bigger man in the cage. Weighing somewhere between 220, 225 on fight day. He had like a 20-pound weight advantage. At least Marvin Vittori, he took some shots. But the volume he put up there, what he withstood, he gets this week's Top schmoman, And let's kick it to the press conference because the Schmo asked Dana White what he thought about his performance, would it raise up his stock, and then we also found out what's in store for the future of that middleweight division. Obviously, a win's a win, but the way that Marvin Vittori got the victory fighting at 205 pounds, does his stock go up any extra in your eyes? And what could that look like? Well, I, uh, Vittori? Vittori.
1: Oh, um... Yeah, I mean, listen, Vittori fought at 205 against another guy who's 185 pounds, too. Um, they put on a, a, a good fight tonight. Vittori's stock has always been high. I mean, Vittori's an absolute stud. You know, the guy's a, a pleasure to work with, and uh, he, he always comes in to fight.
0: Well, assuming that Whitaker fights out of Sanya, and we know that Brunson is going to be fighting Cannoneer, is the winner, of Brunson Cannoneer, going to be the front runner to face that winner for the middleweight
1: championship? Yeah, that makes sense. And this is the beauty of of the mouthpiece. I believe if you can get in front of... Because there's one thing that I will say about Marvin Man, that dude could take a hit. He is a tough son of a gun. Like, they don't make guys like that no more. And what kept him up against that Paulo fight was his attitude. I mean, he went in with the right attitude. I mean, he was willing to fight him at light heavyweight. Heavyweight, he's like, I'm not letting this dude off the hook. When you get guys like that, they're extremely dangerous. One thing I will say is when in the fight with him and Israel Adesanya, he stayed in Israel's kicking range. If Marvin is able to close the gap as he did with Paulo Paul I believe he'll have a better chance at winning the belt next time. And obviously he showed the durability,
0: man, taking the hits against that type of weight. And let's move on to you, Triple C, because we have your favorite segment, <laughs> Goated.
1: Oh, man, none other than the Gota, to me, this guy was the pound for pound, was the greatest of all time, and st- until he started taking a bunch of L's, and that is none other than the last emperor, Fader uh, Melanenko. I mean, he came back, did you see, did you see his comeback, Shmo, did you see that, that cross, leg hook cross, I mean, it seems like he reinvented himself, and that might be, I don't know how old Fedor is, but 45 might be the new 25.
0: The fearlessness in The Last Emperor still swinging, man. He got right back in there. I thought it was supposed to be his last fight. And then after the fight, he kind of leaves the door open that, hey, it might not be done yet. So, Triple C, we'll throw it to you on this one. If he's got another fight left in him, who do you want to see him fight?
1: I would love to see him fight. The fantasy fight for me would be him against nothing Brock Lesnar. I knew in the past they were trying to make that fight happen. When Brock was a champion, Fade was a champion at that time. They never crossed paths. But I believe if the UFC and Bellator can put something together, that would be the fantasy fight for Triple C.
0: Everybody always argues who's the goat, who's the goat. Well, guess what? Some people argue Fedor. Some people argue Stipe Melchich. You want to talk about a crossover fight, have those two fight. And let's see who it is. Obviously, Fedor has been around the block and everything like that. But if he's got to choose one fight and we just want to see it, just for the hypotheticals, why not? We can make that happen. That's what the schmo says.
1: Let's do it. Let's make it. Let's go, Uncle Dana. And that
0: is all she wrote, folks. This wraps up this week's episode of the triple c and schmo show next week's episode is going to be loaded we recap what went down in fight island ufc 267 and transition to what's going down november 6th msg ufc
1: 268 and let me stop you there real quick because waylee 2.0 is coming for all of you and what is your name I am Triple C,
0: I am the Schmo, we will deliver, and we
1: are out.